And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. It's a man out! A man out! And welcome to another episode of the Movie Madhouse. That was four clicks. I lied. <laughs> right out of the gate, he's lying to us. Hey, well... <laughs> Got to keep you on your toes. Uh, anyway, I'm Rob. I'm Jason. I'm Mike. And our special guest today is Jack Smith. Or do you pre- How you doing, guys? Thanks you- for having me on. No problem. Do you prefer Jack Thomas Smith or Jack Smith? Or Yeah, Jack Thomas Smith. I mean, there's so many people named Jack Smith, so that's why I have my <laughs> middle name in there. That's actually a good idea. Get that little differentiation. Absolutely. Differentiate. I try to use a big word. Yeah. Uh oh. Gives us a little more credibility. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. I tried to do journalistic integrity before and I got ripped on for it. It's the integrity. We don't have that. (laughs) You tried the verb part of journalistic integrity. Ah. And that's where you lose your credibility. Got it. Yes. And yeah, we're having Jack on today because uh, you've got a movie release now called Infliction. Yeah, yeah, I do actually. Yeah, and thanks for having me on. It's uh, uh, it's available now uh, in the U.S. and Canada on uh, DVD, video on demand, and uh, digital HD. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so you could get it. You know, Walmart.com. It's in Fye stores, Amazon, Best Buy, Barnes and Noble. Uh, if you wanted to rent it, you could do uh, Cinema Now, Google Play, Vudu. Uh, Vimeo on demand. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 really cool. It, it was released by uh, Virgil Films, which is the same company that uh, distributed Super Size Me. So, oh, uh, I remember that one? Uh, yeah, so they've got all the pipelines. Okay, excellent. Well, it was Google Play that I ended up watching it on. Oh, cool. Oh, so you actually saw it? That's great. Oh, yeah. Now, and as, as did I. But I had a, I did have a tricky time finding it. It wasn't carried by my local cable provider. But um, when I followed the link from your email, I did get it off of iTunes. So, okay. But yeah, we got to see it. Yes. Now I want. It's, to, it's a happy film. It, it's oh, yeah. <laughs> At the end, I wanted to sing. <laughs> well, you, well you could have yes i stood up and started to dance and my girlfriend christina looks at me and goes what are you doing it's like i'm happy no okay that didn't actually happen <laughs> no but I, I bet you she did look at you and go what the hell are you doing oh she always does right, yeah, so. i can just be sitting there and she does that <laughs> but uh yes uh can you just give us a basic plot line for that yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, the way I describe Infliction is that it's a uh, uh, an assembled footage film that documents a murder spree committed by two brothers in North Carolina in 2011 and the disturbing truth behind their actions. Um, it's a brutal film. Uh, the subject matter is definitely dark and a little twisted. Um, and as you watch the film, uh, you find yourself asking who are the true criminals and who are the true victims. And, uh, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was getting to the end. That, that last, yeah. that last, uh, graphic of they're innocent until proven guilty. That, <laughs> that was a powerful statement given that, uh, subject matter. Oh, yeah. exactly. Because yeah. you watched them do all this stuff and then all yeah, the, right. Yeah. But, but yet all the facts behind what they were doing could paint an entirely different picture yeah isn't that crazy and i i mean that's that's the whole thing you know with uh i mean the one thing i wanted to kind of say with infliction was that you know people's actions there's a there's long-term effects you know and 
you know, what you do to someone today, good or bad, I mean, there's always a long-term effect, not only on the individual, but on society. And see, that's what I keep telling Mike, but he still talks to people. (laughs) (laughs) How the hell with you, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) No, it was actually... It was actually interesting when I was watching it because one of the characters works for Child Protective Services. Right. And my ex actually does that. Okay. So having that back knowledge, you know, from her job kind of added to the story for me. And did you yeah. want to kidnap her and do things? Oh, pfft. yeah, but that's not for anything reason other than, you know, ex. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, the only thing I found that was... Uh, I don't want to say bad about it, but but uh, disheartening was it was slow. But that's the same with every found footage film that I've ever watched. Sure. It's very hard to pace yes. a found footage film. I've, sure. I've not seen one yet that goes 90 miles an hour. It just doesn't happen. The but, the problem is, and, and, and that's fair. I mean, and, and across the board, Infliction's been getting pretty good reviews. I mean, we've gotten, we've gotten a couple of bad reviews because um, – the people that reviewed the film were the wrong reviewers. And what I mean by that is that these were some like, you know, splatter, gore, horror websites, right? And they, they thought that they were going to see Hostile or Saw. And this is not Hostile or Saw. I mean, it's not a torture porn film. It's no, not. no. Um, it's very character driven, very story driven. But with that being said, <clears throat> the challenge with doing a found footage film, you don't have music. Exactly. I mean, you, you know, take the music away from The Shining and tell me how scary that movie would be. <laughs> oh, no. Right? I mean, that would be a two and a half hour snooze fest, yeah. you know? Oh, my. I'm, I'm in studying right now for uh, directing and editing. And mm-hmm. one of the books, actually, I, I wish I could remember which movie it talks about. But it talks about a movie where the music is what does the final ending. He goes, you pull away that music and it's, it's only a half-assed ending. Yeah. But without that bang with the music at the end, you wouldn't like it at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a ton of films like that. I mean, Psycho, you know, originally Hitchcock didn't want to have music in it. So, you know, picture Psycho without that music, you know, picture Jaws. I mean, Jaws was actually in complete disarray. Spielberg actually almost got fired from that film. Uh, He was behind schedule. They were over budget. Um, what saved Jaws was in post. I mean, he was smart enough to have a, uh, I believe she was an Academy Award winning editor uh, prior to Jaws. Um, And she assembled the hell out of that, (laughs) you know, made a killer, killer movie. And then the music came in and ultimately saved the day on that. Yeah, yeah, you think about it, those shark scenes without that music. Right. Well, think about the the psycho scene in the shower without that the the musical <clears throat> jolts. Like I said, that adds so much impact to that scene. Exactly. Those, those musical cues like that. So yeah, uh, having no score behind it that is so takes it at, takes you into a different spot with these uh, found footage. It, it's true. It's true. And that's that's what the challenge is, you know, and, and but, you know, could I have cheated? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I saw a Diary of the Dead by George Romero and they put music in it. And it's like, all right, how is this found footage if you've got a score underneath? It? You know, and I, <laughs> right. 
And I and I love Romero, but that oh, kind of took me out of it. Well, know? a little bit. They put that one little blurb at the beginning where it's actually her putting it together. You're right. You know, right. so that's where they yep. got that sneaky little loophole. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you know? you're absolutely right. That's my mistake. Yeah, oh, no, no. It's know. it's still a, a loophole, you know? Like, if you got a found footage film, there is no soundtrack. No. <laughs> exactly. Unless it's, like, music in the car or in an elevator, exactly. that type of thing. Right. But, again, that's always choppy. Yeah. Because as you edit together the, the footage, you know, it's not going to be in the next It's scene. not going to synced up, not be synced up or anything like that. So, yeah, it, I, that is the uh, uh, harder harder way to go with uh, a movie like that not being able to score it yeah and maybe that's what pulls the pacing so much is the fact there is no score right you know right like, and like, I, like i said i've never seen a found footage film that kind of traveled fast and that i think is exactly the reason that it's exactly the reason i i mean and, that, and then the other challenge with infliction was that you know <clears throat> i didn't want to do cloverfield you know i i didn't want to do uh, quarantine, you know, and, and, and that to me is the big problem with found footage films is that, you know, if you got someone that's getting chased by, you know, a witch or a, a creature that's tearing up New York, you know, it's, you put down the camera and run. Exactly. You know? yeah. I mean, We've had so, many discussions like that. <laughs> yeah. So with Infliction, though, I mean, right out of the gate, and I don't want to give away too much, but as you know, there's a reason why they're documenting everything. And so... With that being said, I mean, I, you know, this isn't, you know, guys being chased by a monster. I mean, these are, you know, they're not being chased by a witch, you know, and there's a reason why they were documenting everything. The cameras tie in. It ties into everything. Um, The cameras are are just as important as their as the motive behind what they were doing. Um, So with, with that being said, you know, that's I essentially did almost it's. It's almost like an artistic found footage film, if that makes sense. You know, it's because it's character driven. It's it's story driven. It's not driven by monsters and effects and all these crazy sound effects. No. Yeah. And like you said, the, the cameras themselves are practically a character. Exactly. Exactly. It's almost like uh, your movie and Earth to Echo, I think, are the two that resonate that where they actually set up cameras for the capture of the film instead of it being oh look what we found let's put it together exactly you know? exactly and that's why we're calling this an assembled footage film and not found footage so it's it's essentially the same thing but it's just it's different you know it's not like you know someone dug up these videotapes out in the middle of the woods and said hey look what we found you know yeah. this was you know footage that was put together showing what these people did yeah, because I know if, like you said, if I'm in the middle of the woods and I'm just videotaping a camping trip and something starts chasing me, <laughs> camera's the last thing on my mind. <laughs> I'm throwing the camera at whatever's coming at me. Exactly. <laughs> you be- don't want to videotape the bear that's going to eat you, you know? <laughs> well, see, this is it. it wouldn't be Cloverfield because the first thing you'd see in my movie is the monster because the camera would be in its face as I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> now, exactly. So if I could ask, what made you, like, because you wrote, produced, and directed this, correct? Correct. Yeah. What brought this storyline on? Like, what, what caused you to write this? Well, I mean, I first of all, I, and I'm not giving away anything crazy here. I mean, the, the film deals with child abuse, and it, it deals with the long-term effects of child abuse. 
those that are abused, but on society as a whole. Um, <clears throat> I was not abused as a child. Thank God, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had a decent childhood. So, you know, the all all's good there. Um, however, you know, someone that I once knew, um, yeah, and I don't want to say who she is, but I mean, her family was just a mess. And so I kind of saw, I, I don't want to say that infliction is based on a true story, but there are elements of that film where crap like that happened. And, and you know what? It happens all the time. I mean, it, it, you, you could almost say infliction's a true story and just grab an event from here, an event from there, an event, and then piece it all together and you got a true story, you know? Oh, um, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, unfortunately, so- this happens. Some of the elements that you've mentioned, I've actually seen in stories in the newspapers around here as well. There you go. Now, yeah, and you said earlier that the uh, like the bad reviews you had were from like the splatter gore type reviewers. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not a big fan of horror to begin with. I, I'm right. really not into gore. I find scarier movies the 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 like a scarier horror movie is what real human people and the evil that they do. You know, right. like in your movie, like, okay, I have to bring up Kevin Smith, his movie Red State, what that, what his people did in the movie Red State. Those are real people doing real evil actions. I find that scarier than just some like serial killer running around with a machete. I agree a million percent, man. I mean, that's, that's the thing is that, you know, what, what scares me is suspense. I, I, <laughs> that's right. Give him a pat on the back. <laughs> you forgot he could see me, didn't you? <laughs> Well, I'm just saying he just came up with a, a, a reasonable, cognizant thought that it was it was uh, a first. We're, we're trying something with Jay here. It's, it's a rarity. positive reinforcement. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's rare for me to have a shiny moment. I gotta I gotta bathe in it. <laughs> but he is right. Like you said, what what normal people do is sometimes so much scarier than uh, Michael Myers. You know. Well, yeah, I mean the thing is though is that and and frankly, I mean I will use Michael Myers as as an example. If you watch the original Halloween, it wasn't that outlandish. It was a guy in a mask killing a couple of babysitters. I mean, he wasn't you know, there there was nothing that crazy about the original Halloween. Obviously as the series progressed, it, it went to, to, to crap, you yeah. know. Very, um then he became this supernatural <laughs> thing. But the original Halloween he literally killed, I think, three or four teenage kids. You know, it was just yep. a guy that was on a murder spree one night. Um, and what made that film work was it was the suspense. You know, I'm, I'm a big suspense guy. I love, you know, when you get those strong characters and you care about the characters. I mean, Walking Dead, Walking Dead. You know, I'm a big fan of that show because it, you, you connect with the characters. Oh, they, they have de- They've developed those characters so well. I mean, people are saying if Daryl dies, we riot. You know what I'm <laughs> that says a lot about a character. Yeah, and that's a character that's not even in the original material. He's not in the comics. Isn't that crazy? Yep. Yeah. Oh, so that's, he said he's connected so strongly with so many people out of that series. I, I fully believe there will be riots when <laughs> Daryl does finally die. So yeah, I mean, here's all right. Here's a question for you, and I've 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 uh, <clears throat> talked about this with my girlfriend. Um, he, in my opinion, he could actually be the most iconic character in TV history, and I, I'll throw a few out there that might rival that. Archie Bunker, uh, Lucille Ball, uh, the Fonz, Tony Soprano. I mean, 
What are your thoughts on that? I mean, keep in mind, though, they didn't have social media back then with all those other characters. Oh, but can you imagine I've Archie never Bunker? seen anything like this. With Archie Bunker with social media? Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> I think you're right, though. Pulp culturally speaking, Daryl is an icon right now. He is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, so uh, can you put Jax from Sons of Anarchy on that level, too? I, because I, there's a lot of people really identify with Jax as well. I, I feel that I, I I I want to agree with you, but I don't see as many people talking about Sons as you do Walking Dead. Walking exactly. Dead is everywhere. Sons is almost everywhere, but it's exactly. not. Everywhere. I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I see, can see that point. Yeah. I love Sons, but I kind of have to agree. Yeah, because Walking Dead's all over Facebook. Well, well, it's, it's all over everything. Yeah. I think it's yeah. got such a, a a fantastic marketing push. Um, how. You have yeah, the board his, game his up board there. Game. I've got two board games for Walking Dead. Yeah, <laughs> no, so they, they've they've yeah. Ma- they've managed to cross promote everything. Yep, and oh. said I find Daryl more likable than Rick. Yeah, so yeah. Rick is supposed to be the big guy, but Daryl is the one everybody knows. Daryl's you know? the one everybody wants to see. Well, I would much rather have a beer with Daryl than Rick. That's how I look at it. Well, I don't know. We saw that episode when he was drunk. I don't know if I really want to. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to take that with a grain of salt because Mike just wants to have a beer. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's not untrue. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying about Daryl just being uh, an icon for today. Yes. It's it's crazy. I've never seen anything like this. I mean, I'm old enough to remember the Fonz, you know, like when I was a kid. Everyone was into the Fonz, yep. you know? Um, and had social media been around back then, I mean, maybe, but um, I don't know, man. I've just – I've never seen anything like this, you know, and, and, and I kind of agree with you. I mean, you know what it is? Daryl's just so damn simple. I mean, Rick is like a pain in the ass because it's just – it's always – it's always something, you know? Overthinking it's some, and – Yeah. <laughs> Daryl's just, uh, is it friendly? Okay, I won't kill it. Yeah. I, mean. I said, can I eat it? No. Does it need to die? Yes or no? Yeah. I can think. Very simple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, you know? it's a black and white show. Rick thinks in shades of gray. Yeah. Daryl exactly. thinks in shades of black and white. And Rick has his three questions. I think Daryl's just got one. Are you good or bad? <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's it. You know, I mean, honestly, the one guy that I, I completely connected with was Shane. I, I thought Shane was awesome, man. I mean, obviously, until he went crazy. You know, <laughs> uh, but Have I'm saying, worried, though, in that beginning there, though, it was like he got it. He, he was, got it. He it was, was the practical it, one. Yeah. Yeah. It well, was like you don't negotiate, you just kill. It was almost it was it was basically he was like amped up Daryl. You know, Daryl's so kind of reserved and quiet. Shane was just, you know, belligerent and over the top, but he got it. Yeah. You know? Daryl was so, sit back and, and I'll do what I have to, and Shane was we're gonna do what we gotta right now. Exactly. Yeah. But well, when I you think- look at those two, it was because Daryl was still under uh Merle's shadow. Yeah, he was the younger brother. It wasn't so until he, after – what happened with Shane happened after Daryl got out of that shadow. So that's yeah. why you see Daryl now like that. Yeah. I Yeah, yeah. I think so too. No, but that's, that's one of the shows I love. Like I said, it's all over Facebook. My favorite new picture, it's got a picture of Beth. 
and it says, if found, please return to Daryl Dixon. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. If you haven't seen the trailer for the new season, you should oh, look great. it up. I have. Oh, yes. Twice now. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it probably like 10 times. I'll admit it. And oh, I, yeah. I love it. I think it's a great... I'm, I'm a big trailer guy. I mean, because I know... You know, I know what goes into cutting them, and it's and when they're good, it's awesome. Yes. Know? Well, on that show, like you said, it's very character driven. <coughs> the zombies are second tier now. Uh, yeah. It's the the zombies are the biggest plot device that they have. It, they have to have the zombies. They're, yeah. If without the zombies, eh, we yep. got nothing really. But they're almost just what? scenery. Really? In, in most cases, they almost come across as scenery. No, not really. Oh, no, Take a look it, at it. In, it uh, you have to have the zombies here to drive well, the yes. story. Well, yeah, but like you said, they're they're right. they're a background plot device because you got the governor. Okay, that drove a whole lot of story well, because of the zombies. Only because they're looking for a safe spot. Because of the zombies. Oh, all right. <laughs> I mean, technically, he's right. Yes, he is. But I hate when that happens. But you have to agree there was one zombie, one in particular, one walker, that was a character all its own. It probably drove a spike through everybody's heart, and that was Sophie. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. Sophie zombie. <sighs> yeah. Same with the Merle zombie when Daryl had to kill him. Uh, wow. not, not as not much impact as the Sophie. I was not nearly as invested emotionally with the Merle zombie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree. Well, I just realized you can see Jason, can't you? Yes. And we apologize for that. But That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> just, I'm going to lean in frame. Here's me. Hey, how are you? Yes, I see I'm you Rob. Now. And I don't know if Mike can get in there or not. I'm going to spin it around. There he is. Hey. How's it going? Okay. <laughs> now, uh, back to the movie because sure. you know we're here to push your movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is your second one, isn't it? It's the second one that I directed. Yeah. Um, the the last film that I did was a uh, film called Disorder. Um, I wrote it, directed it, produced it. Uh, we shot it in the Poconos. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with that area, it's in uh, uh, northwest Pennsylvania. I, I'm sorry, yeah. northeast Pennsylvania. <clears throat> Very nice area. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's really cool. I mean, we, we shot the entire film there. Uh, we didn't have, you know, any major stars or anything. And we got very lucky. Uh, Universal picked it up and released it on DVD. Uh, Warner Brothers released it on pay-per-view and video on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a total rush walking into a Walmart, and there it was sitting on the shelf. Nice. You know? so that would be wicked. That, that's, well, that's every director's or every movie maker's dream right there. Dream. Yeah. When you see your movie on the shelf, that's... You're not you, going to see yours on the shelf. Oh, I know. It's a short <laughs> film. I oh, yeah. It He's our budding director right now. Oh, awesome. We're putting awesome. together a, a short called The Movie Madhouse, The Bur- Hollywood Birth of a Podcast. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it's, what, uh, are you, what are you uh, shooting on? Actually, just some Panasonic uh, DVX. Okay. Like, we're still okay. using tape. <laughs> Rob and his girlfriend are the producers behind the film, so I don't know anything about equipment. I just wrote it, and I'm trying to make it happen. That's all. And you're trying to make it happen. I know, dude, I'm, I'm just as bad as you are, honestly. It's like... I, it, it's like I kind of let let the professionals do what they do best, you know. It's like my DP. It's like he talks about all this crap with the camera, and I'm like, Dude, just shoot it, just shoot it. Yeah, you know? that sounds good. Whatever, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just like with the editing, same thing. I sit down 
with my editor and I'm like, okay, this is how I want the scene to look. Just make it happen. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So what got you oh. into this business? Um, it's funny, man. I, uh, I've, I've just always done it. I mean, when I was, uh, when I was a little kid and, and, you know, I hate to admit it, but I was one of those kids sitting in the theater when, uh, Star Wars That's came out. My God. Yeah. That's it, dude. Honestly, <laughs> man. I, <laughs> I was eight years old. I was sitting in that theater and that little ship went overhead and I was like, well, wow, that's kind of cool. And then that big ass one went over the, uh, Imperial destroyer. And that was it. I was like, holy crap, you know? And I, I think I saw that movie like eight or nine times that summer and I couldn't stop reading about it. You know, it wasn't just a fan of the movie. It was like, okay, how do I, how do how did they do this? You know? Exactly. Um, the you know, so obviously that was back before the internet. So I would just, you know, read magazines or get books and, um, <clears throat> and then around that same time period, I read the shining by Stephen King and, oh. You know, I was like nine years old and I read The Shining. I mean, how sweet wow. up is that, you know? Now we know where infliction came from. <laughs> so I just, you know, I figured out at a young age that I wanted to write. I wanted to make films. Um, and, you know, and also around that time I saw the original Dawn of the Dead. Oh, um, yes. So, yeah. So, I mean, I hate to admit it, but it's like literally ever since I was about eight or nine, I have done this. I mean, it's. I don't even know what else to do. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's. Um, I started writing. By the time I was twelve, I'd written a three hundred page novel. Um, you know, it, it never got published. I mean, it's. Uh, I, actually, I'll tell you the story if you guys want to hear it. It's. Uh, sure. I, I, I talked about it on another interview, and I was like, you know, this is actually a pretty cool story. Now you can think about um, filming it. <laughs> basically, what it's about. It, it, the title I. I called it uh, the incubus, and essentially what it was about, there was a, uh, a little boy that was born, and he had the ability to destroy hell. So hell was sending up their minions to try and destroy this kid, to try and kill him. And on the flip side, heaven was sending down guardians to protect this kid because they knew what, what he was capable of doing. So there was like this ongoing war between heaven and hell over this little boy. Oh, so. I mean, right? That's pretty. I wrote that between like ages nine to twelve, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was definitely screwed up. You know? <laughs> Obviously, screwed up in the right way, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, have, have you thought about uh, giving it another shot, getting it published now? With like, I mean, uh, I, oh, like with the uh, the the young adult reader. Uh, boom that's going on do you think that could possibly be something that a publisher might give it another shot if you would uh submit it i mean who knows i mean i would have to you know again it was written by a nine-year-old to you know 12 you know so i would i would probably have to really go in there and clean it up and polish it but yeah i mean i would def i should definitely take a look at it you know i i mean it's i think it's a, a really cool story i mean shit it's something that could be like a you know, almost like a graphic novel almost. Absolutely. You know? I could see that. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. I could see Neil Gaiman getting a hold of that. <laughs> he loves that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it it's, definitely it's, sounds uh, like it could work in like um, in that same genre of the Harry Potter, the the Percy Jacksons. It, it there's definitely a spot for that kind of story. 
Sure, sure. I mean, this one would definitely be a little bit more like gory and and nasty and a lot darker, um, <laughs> a lot darker. Yeah, but I mean, no. But I, I mean, I know exactly what you're saying. You know, so I mean, I <clears throat> I did that as a kid, and then um, you know, and then as a teenager, I got a Super A movie camera. So you know, me and my buddies, my brother, we would shoot these you know horror shorts, comedy shorts, you know. Um, and even though we were kind of screwing around, it, it was also just that I, I understood, you know, getting coverage, you know, shooting, you know, you, you get one take of one actor, then you get the reverse and then you cut it together. You know, exactly. so I wasn't I wasn't like literally swinging the camera from one character to the next. I mean, we were actually getting the shots um, and establishing wides and pushing in and, and doing all that. Um and then when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I started writing my first screenplay. I never went to college. I was actually a high school dropout. You know, I just wanted to party and everything in high school. So I got into a lot of legal trouble. And all that. <laughs> Sounds like the good teenage years. Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely a pain in the ass. You know? <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I, I always had, you know, my passion for writing and essentially, I just went to the library, took out a book, how to write screenplays, and I taught myself the structure, you know, how how to format a screenplay, where do the plot points go, you know, um, <clears throat> uh, how just even the formatting, you know, how do you lay out a page for, for a screenplay? What is the correct format? Yeah. Um, so once I had the mechanics down, then, you know, I wasn't struggling with the mechanics and I could just kind of focus with, with telling a story. Um, and I think I, I finished my first screenplay by the time I was like 20, I want to say 21. Um, and I'd been working at a video store at that time. And there was a guy that used to come in all the time and rent horror movies. And we would talk and, you know, we would always talk about horror movies. And I told him I was writing a screenplay and he said, Hey, listen, you know, when you're done with it, my buddy, Ted, uh, Ted Bohus, he said, uh, you know, he does indie horror films. You should give him a call. And that's what I did when the script was done. I gave him a shout, sent him the script. And Ted's done a bunch of horror films. He did Deadly Spawn back in the 80s, Metamorphosis. Like, he's had theatrical releases. I never Um, recognize that name, Metamorphosis. Yeah, Ted's a cool guy, man. He goes to all the horror shows. And uh, and he kind of, yeah, he kind of mentored me. You know, it was, you know, I sent him my script. He liked it, but it was a little too big budget for what he does. So he said, hey, let's co-write a script together. He said, I can see you have some talent there. So we co-wrote this script called The Regenerated Man. Um, and it was like a sci-fi, you know, like a campy sci-fi horror film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted directed it, produced it. I helped raise the financing on it. We basically pulled together $75,000, shot the film, and we got distribution and doubled our investment on it. Nice. Uh, yeah, so that was kind of that was the first film I was involved with. I mean, the film isn't my cup of tea. I mean, I didn't direct it. You know, I didn't have control over it creatively. I learned a lot, though, man. I mean, I didn't stand around with my arms folded trying to play producer. I mean, I, I actually held the boom, and you know, on even though I raised financing for it, I I, I wanted to learn, so I held the boom, Mike. I. I learned what a sound mixer does, art department, grip, gaffer, best boy. I mean, that's how you do it. You just get on set, get dirty, 
and learn what everyone does. Exactly. That's I've been dragging these guys through the mud of filmmaking here wow. with our production company. See, I, so I, yeah, I do remember that I said I, I got a text. I was at a friend's house and Rob texted me. He goes, "Hey, do you want to be in a movie? I got a small scene." I went, "Sure." What the hell? Yeah. And then from that, it was it went from a small scene to. Um, Script supervisor to boom operator to uh, dressing the set and to everything, everything. So yeah, it was all hands on deck for uh, for that shoot. So that's just it. You talk that's about how you do it. Everybody yeah. has a position, but once you actually get into it, especially in the indie level, there is no assigned positions. Oh, no. <laughs> Everybody exactly. just does everything. Yeah. Is it, are you doing anything right now? No. Go do that. <laughs> so <Yep. laughs> that's what I liked about it because. It was, I was camera loading and all those other, it, I, I wanted to learn everything about it. I said, I, I, you do it. I'm like you, I saw Star Wars when I was a kid and yep. I've been fascinated <laughs> with movies ever since. And yep. once I got the opportunity to get inside, get behind the camera, learn the, the tricks, that's, that's really kind of what got me going about this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a rush. Yeah. I'm actually, uh, I did a little reading on IMDb. I'm a year older than you. Yeah. Okay. And I'm running about 10 years behind you in your story. <laughs> because, yeah, Star Wars got me going, but it wasn't until my mid-20s that I started messing around with film. And we used to shoot all these silly little things all the time. Oh, right? yeah, the strip club. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my... Uh, my first screenplay. Are, they, are those the tapes that are with the police? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you heard about that. <laughs> um, my first script was actually written on lined paper in a binder, right? Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's how you do it. That's what it was. It was a vampire story in a strip club. So oh, cool. We started shooting some of that, but then I ended up moving to London, so it never got finished. Well, you said you had the inside track because you were the DJ at the strip club, so <laughs> yep. it was not hard to get cast. Yep, so. I got the location and cast, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just bringing it back to what you said, it's about getting into it, getting involved, just doing everything that you can. That's what you do, man. I mean, even, you know, and then from there, um, after I did Regenerate a Man, so I learned, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I learned what was involved. And then actually what I also learned from Ted, and this is real important, and a lot of people don't, don't, don't realize this. I've been asked this question before in other, other interviews where they're like, oh, you know, what would you tell someone just starting out? And, and I know what they want to hear. They want to hear about, you know. <laughs> He's got his pen ready. <laughs> they they want to hear about what goes into making movies and all that. And here's the answer I give. Go to business school. Okay. The reason why is because it takes money to make a movie. Yeah. So you have to know how to raise the money. And that's the one thing that I learned from Ted was that you need a business plan. You need to know how to put together a budget. You yeah. need to know how to get that investor to, to put money into a project. How are they going to get their money back, make a profit? How is their money protected? And, I mean, it comes down to tax credits. You know, in, in the United States, you have what's called a uh, Section 181. And what that is, is the year that you invest money into a film, you can write it off as a loss that year. OK, so essentially, if you're a, a high end earner and, you know, you're up, you're paying 40 percent in taxes, that money 
you're you're essentially getting 40% of that back right out of the gate. So, and then you shoot in a state where, you know, you have your state tax credits, like Louisiana is 35%. So, you know, basically if you spend a million dollars in Louisiana, 350 grand of that's coming back to you because it's, it's that tax incentive coming from the state. So, and I know, you, you know, your listeners' eyes are probably going to be glazing over with this. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a necessary evil, man. It's, you know what it exactly. is? Just look at it logically. Like if someone came to you and said, hey, do you want to put money? I, I want to open up a laundromat or I want to open up a restaurant and I need money. Just think about it. What are you going to say as an investor? Well, how much do you need? Um, how do I get my money back? And if this thing all goes to hell, you know, what are my what what are what what's in place to protect my investment? Mm-hmm. So, you know, with a restaurant or a laundromat, you know, you have equipment so you can sell that off with a film. There's nothing really tangible there. It's no. a film, you exactly. know. So the way so you have to know how to put together a budget. You have to know the ins and outs on the tax credits. You have to know <clears throat> about foreign sales you know, how do they get their money back with foreign sales? You can do foreign pre-sales. Um, like, for example, right now with Infliction, you know, we have our deal in the U.S. We have our deal in Canada. Um, knock on wood, it looks like I'm, I'm going to be signing a deal with a pretty reputable foreign sales agent um, who's going to take the film to all the major markets, Toronto, uh, AFM, uh, 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 Berlin, all the big market. There's one in Hong Kong. And essentially what they do is they take the film there. They uh, show it to foreign buyers. The foreign buyer. Oh, 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 what happened? Did we lose him? No. Oh, oh, did it time out? No, it's still counting. No. Uh oh. Okay. I uh, don't know if you can hear us, Jim. Ah. Oh, there's a problem with this call. No, oh. no. Hold on while we try to get the call back. Ah. Darn it. Well, hang tight because we're going to try and do this. Yep. So, <laughs> there's a lot of information going so, on here. Yeah. This is the inside stuff that nobody gets to know. And we're we're getting this the straight dope from a guy that's living this yep. the industry right now. So now we've heard some of it from Kevin because he shares a lot, but yeah. not to the detail that no, we're no. getting here. No, see, it, this is this reminds me of um, uh, Carmen from the uh, the CK cosplay. Okay, uh, yeah, when we interviewed Carmen about the gaming industry, this is such deep. Deep, deep water of inside information that a budding movie maker or a um, a budding game maker needs to know this kind of stuff. Let's try and come again. You mentioned Carmen. Um, I don't know if you've been. Do you follow them on Facebook? Uh, did, did you hook- I just. I think they had the release or something. Well, no, they've got. They got their first finished packaged ah, box okay okay all in wrappers and whatnot yeah. and they showed a few a couple of close-ups of the figurines and damn i can't they i, would, I want that, that game damn cool yeah <laughs> but uh yeah um whatever that gen con is uh gen con, Dragon con? gen con gen con gen con and then they're supposed to be doing the kickstarter probably first of september oh okay 
cool. I sent him a message because they haven't had anything posted for a while, and he uh, they finally responded like two weeks later, and oh. that's where they're at. So. Oh, okay. But I saw the pictures of the the fresh package. And nice. nice. That's got to be something new. Finally, mm. the UPS guy drops off a big box of, here you go. Here's your <laughs> yeah, handwork. That's no doubt. <laughs> okay. Is this a problem at your end, Rob? Internet connection problem. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, You still got your Wi-Fi. Yeah, everything's working here. I wouldn't know. I've never been given the Wi-Fi. Uh (laughs) Uh, Is there an error? Call quality information. Uh, What's that? Okay, it says it can't detect an Internet connection between us. Uh I wonder if something happened on his end. Oh, uh, that might be him calling the landline. He just popped back up on Skype. Oh, did he? It just went green on on Skype. Yeah. Here, talk for a second. Hey, watch your headphones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, did you see anything? Yes. That uh, that. Um, hold on. Let's, I, I want to see what happens here. Um, that I watched this interesting dark comedy called Cheap Thrills. Okay. Um, st- the only names that are recognizable that's that I, to me, anyways, were uh, David Keckner. Okay. Uh, known for his comedy from like Anchorman and whatnot, as yeah. Champ Kind on Anchorman and whatnot, and Ethan Embry, um, who I haven't seen for a while, but he's known for uh, uh, the the biggest one that comes to mind is uh, Can't Hardly Wait, one of those high school comedy type movies, like an American Pie ish type flick. Oh, okay. From back in the I don't know, it was late nineties. I, I did notice that she didn't give me that space to get know, my I joke in. Like I got no, I tried to avoid that on purpose. <laughs> um, it, but it was it was a really intriguing and it, dark comedy. Like it's not there's no belly laughs. No, uh, there's no no loud laughs. It's uh, it, it's it's very dark um, about a guy who's desperate for money. Okay, him and his buddy having drinks at a bar, and he uh, the. They meet uh, Keckner and his young, beautiful wife, yeah. and it's her birthday, so they're trying to have some fun. So, is is Keckner and his wife are they a setup or are they an, are they an actual couple? They're a couple in this movie. They're a, hu- so they're a husband and wife. Their their characters are yes. Oh, okay. I yes. thought maybe it might have been just because like, so lured like together a situation. Or it no. might have been like a setup or something. No, like they're that. a couple. They're together. They're out oh, for her okay. birthday. They're okay. looking to have some fun. Yep. They meet up with these two guys and it starts in the bar where it starts with like um, all right, first one to uh, the first one to finish their sh- the shot. Yeah, okay. gets gets 10 bucks and then it gets uh, the first one to get that chick at the bar to slap them 50 bucks and ah, that's okay. where the movie starts. Yeah. Like that's where the main story starts because okay. it just progresses. It's all about Keckner and his wife getting cheap thrills because they're paying these guys to compete against each other in these crazy stunts. One-upmanship. And, you know, Ethan Embry, he's he's the bad guy. Like, he's he's had a rough rough go of it. Doesn't have the wife and family. He's been in the, he's been in the prison or whatever. We don't know his whole story, but we know he's been in trouble. Yeah. So, when the, when the thing starts, like, they do, uh, who can hold their breath the longest? Well, his buddy's about to beat him, so Emery punches him right at the last second. <laughs> okay. Okay, he's willing to cheat. That's okay. You know, yeah, okay. do whatever. Well, then yeah. his buddy starts fighting back. And, ah, that's it. But it progresses, and, and you can tell where it's going to go. It, it does get a little bit predictable, Yeah. but you're not quite sure <laughs> how it's going to go down. And it was, and it, the image, the final image of the flick is 
really cool. Oh, okay. It's, he's he's a bloody mess. He comes home and they live in this dingy apartment. He's got a stack of money, bloody, and he's holding his kid and his kid's crying. And I, it almost to me sounded like the kid was calling him a monster because just his face is just mangled. <laughs> and his wife just walks in and she's speechless. And that's how the movie ends. Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> what movie is this? Cheap Thrills. Okay. Uh, dark so. comedy with David Koechner and Ethan Embry. And I highly, highly recommend it. Let's check that out. And now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger better better sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50 percent off on selected items get the all-new terry d shearer's bloody hell t-shirt or non-members can pick up one of our ebooks for only 4.95 or go into the past to relive the 90s with mythworks comics classics for 3.99 the new myth part bigger better better visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash mythmart or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazamon.com.
So what happened with our technical issues? Okay, so we were sitting here trying to connect, and you heard the phone ring. Yeah. Uh-huh. Someone picked it up. It was Jack. Yeah. And uh, he's going, what happened? It's like, I don't know. We were sitting here talking. He goes, is it on your end? I said, no, we did a quick check, and everything seems fine. And he's going, wait a minute. My power's out. Ah. Oh. <laughs> he's looking around his house going, I did not even realize it. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, no power means no router, which means no, no internet. No internet. Yeah. So, what I've asked him is, uh, if he wants, we'll get a hold of him for another episode. And he yeah. said he would love to come back and awesome. just chit-chat. and cause right. Finish off the... <laughs> oh, yeah. Because some of the stuff he was giving us was great. Oh, absolutely. Nice you know? detail for the budding filmmaker. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, budget is so crucial. Well, so one of the questions I was thinking of uh, asking him is because when he was talking about fundraising, now is the age of crowdsourcing, crowdfunding. How has that changed the game for like an established? We, well, we've actually seen how that's happened yep. because Veronica Mars became a yeah, thing again. Exactly. So I just want to like, he's, he's done it the old way. Went out, hustled, talked to these guys, got them to invest. Now he can still do that because I'm assuming he still has the contacts with the people that are happy with what he's given them in return. Now you also have the the crowdfunding on top of that. So is there too much reliance now on crowdfunding? Or that kind of thing. That's what I'm kind of interested in. That is a good in. question. The nice thing about crowdfunding, though, is that means it's the fans. The fans want it, so the fans are paying for it. So the fan, you know, the yeah. fans are going to get what they want. Well, you're definitely going to get your hardcore fan that wants to see the property invest. Mm-hmm. And once you, once you get past that level... You, the best thing you can hope for is you know you know you've got these guys. Now it's an it's can you get the rest, the rest of these yes. guys? And the downside for it though is the fans want it. What happens if the final product isn't exactly what they wanted? They that's the they, risk, the big they, risk. You take. Then they don't invest again. Right? Yeah, See, that's, that's your big. That's risk. the that's the 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 trap that's laid out with uh, with uh, crowdfunding. I think because. I said, fool me once, shame on you. Yeah. So that kind of thing. And I I want to know where a professional filmmaker, where he lands in that. Like, so we, we talk about Kevin and we talk about uh, the indie guys doing the stuff like that. This is a... I want to know his opinion on it. Well, and, we, see, and we know Kevin doesn't want to do that with Clerks. He, he no. said he could. You know, Clerks 3 would definitely be, a, could be a crowdsourcing success for sure. He knows that, but he doesn't want to do it that way. No. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things we were talking about is that Rob Zombie Project 31, it launched on July 31st. Crowdfunded. It is... Um, a horror movie based around the the Halloween holiday, and this is like I said, he's getting the funds through the crowdfunding. Okay. It's the fans of zombies movies and the fans of zombies uh, body of work. And they the, are helping fund this. And the way it's set up right now, I don't think anyone will be disappointed because oh, so. there is no basic outline. There's no there's no characters attached to it. There's no actors attached to it. Everybody's doing it because they know they like zombies work. Yeah. So whatever comes out of it. Yeah. He did like um, 
the day it launched, he did give kind of a, a, a very elevator pitch with uh, the idea of what it is. Basically, it's a, a psycho clown murder spree kind of thing. And he's been releasing some of the, the artistic impressions of what he's got. That The one clown that is, is on the front page that is the star of the, uh, okay. of the movie. That brings to mind something that I just heard on um, the latest Tell Him Steve, Dave, actually. Somebody threw out there was bugging Brian Johnson to write Vulgar 2. <laughs> and he has decided to actually do it. All right, well, I think he cool. he talked about it. Talked, and I think he talked to Kevin about it. And Kevin goes, write the damn movie. <laughs> like, Well, yeah, because Ke- Kevin heard it was on Twitter, I think. Somebody said something. He said, yeah, yeah, it might happen. And Kevin called him or whatever. And he said, You're, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so is- if you've never seen Vulgar, it <sighs> is messed up. This is cool. From the mind of Brian Johnson, and you expect something different. Yeah. <laughs> well, back to the budget thing. The one thing I know that drives actors and actresses is getting paid. Okay. Well, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Because that was the one aspect of our movie that kind of failed was we did profit sharing. Yeah. And that's awesome as long as it gets completed. Too many people don't take it as a serious job, which now turns into legal problems. Yeah. And oh. So having that budget set up beforehand and uh, getting the funding is almost crucial. Well, when you said, you said when you pay somebody to do the job and you actually exchange the money, maybe that is a little more uh, what's how, permanent in their mind. Yep. So like I would, you have the the permanent money in your hand. Versus the potential money. Yeah. So the the imaginary, the, I quote, 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 unquote, imaginary profit sharing money. They said it doesn't feel tangible. Yeah. It's not real until it's done. Yeah. And until that point, it's not done. Yeah. It's volunteer. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> With that in mind, you can also tell, and you see this in all sorts of movies, you can tell when somebody's there and they're into the movie, they're a part of the movie. They're, this is a big role for them versus a paycheck player. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you you can you can do that in anything. Yeah. Like I said, like I said with wrestling, you know, I I know what I get paid per show. I'm going to do everything I can, and when if I get burned afterwards, if I go back to that guy, he is not going to get the same performance. That I was supposed to be giving when I was supposed to be getting my full amount. Yeah. Because I ain't killing myself for half my money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so depressed about that phone call. Well, listen, well hey, at least, you know what? Failure. It worked. <laughs> yes. It worked, though, Rob. That's a success. That is. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> We've tried so hard. Yes. So many times. Way to go, Christina, with a C. <laughs> now, now ah, that she can't hear you anymore. Now that you've figured that out, though, as I was saying to you, because he reminded me a lot of Dave. Just yes. The things oh, that he's man. into and whatnot. Now we got to try and get Dave on there. Yes. yes. Mr. Montoya. He actually sent me a script last night. Oh, he did? I'm editing for him. Like, not editing, but just going over and... Watching nope. it through? Yeah. Um, it's called At Death's Door. It actually, is, so far, I've only read two pages. 
Wow. But those two pages are good. <laughs> Way to put your effort in there. <laughs> I just got it last What did they say about paycheck players? <laughs> no kidding. Yep. You'll get what you pay me for. <laughs> hey, yep. uh, gives us a whole bunch of <laughs> bandwidth. Exactly. So that's why I have no problem doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it this morning and I wanted to go to bed right away, but I downloaded it and just started reading it and my eyes got tired. It's like, okay, crap, I got to put it down. <laughs> so, so I would have read more. You got to give it a good, honest read later? I have to give it a good, honest read. Exactly. <laughs> and I've still been reading that book. I've got four stories done. Oh, okay. And of the four, there's only one that I found that I kind of picked ahead what was going to happen. Yeah. Everything else I've loved, oh. you know? So it's if you if you haven't read it, give it a whirl. It's a it's a dark ride. Okay, very cool. What about the book? Uh, oh, the book's good too. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Now I got him. Woo! <sighs> so, have you watched anything this week, Rob? Uh, nope. Last thing I watched was Hercules. We talked about that. That right? was last week. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, no, I'm excited about Wednesday. I want to see Guardians in that audio. AVX. I just yes. want to see it. And it's been difficult for me to not slip into the theater. I work right next door to the damn theater. It's been hard for me not to go there after work. There's well, news everywhere. I know. I said, I, I said, I've been doing so hard to avoid any information about this. Yep. And my, my boy, Tally, he went and saw it. He, he loved it. You know, and I, I, I don't. I don't fault that. Like that, I know I'm going to enjoy it. Everybody's enjoying it. I mean, that's you're hearing that across the board. I've heard one small spoiler. Oh. One. Shut up. So I'm not. Oh, I won't. It's <laughs> okay. One small spoiler. That's all I've heard. All right. And I think I actually read that in an article like a week before. So. Well, I, I was that aftercredits.com? No. No, it was not aftercredits.com. <laughs> oh, it's msu.com. No. 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 Okay. <laughs> you, want, you want to know where the article came from? It came from Nerdist.com. Jason's other boyfriend. Another yes. one, yes, Chris Hardwick. Yes. Uh-huh. This is another one I'm a big fan of, but it was an article from their site, and it, they're credible. It, this was like a review thing, and the guy mentioned one little thing that pops up, and so I'm going to be watching for that. So, Well, well they have two after credits. Oh. Um, one happens pretty quick, and the other one happens right at the very, 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 very end. And that's the one that they just filmed. They just did it after the premiere, just like they did the Avengers Shwarma bit. Yeah. So this is, by the, by the the sheer number of berries you slapped on that, that tells me they're going to do what they did at Iron Man, or Avengers, and list every possible human being on the planet in the credits. Yep. Then you get to the uh, yes. the bonus scene. Yes. I like the I like the Iron Man one when they're doing it because I every once in a while like they listed all the the animators and included fake names <laughs> <laughs> and made up names. It was just like, like I, there was one I went Penneth Gualtro or something <laughs> like I go wait a minute. <laughs> I think that's a sister. Yeah. <laughs> but I said, uh, earlier this week, I was sitting on the couch and the boys were in the room with me and the TMNT trailer came on. And I looked at him. I said, don't even think about asking me to take it. Oh, you know it hooked you. No, You're going to be first in line. Oh, hell no. I saw that green shell costume in your Are closet. Are you kidding? He's got the I Love Michael Bay t-shirt ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Let me in. Let me in. Oh. 
No. (laughs) Carter looks at me and goes, wasn't gonna. (laughs) So I trained them, trained them right. So they're 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 not interested in going to see that one either. So they're at, that that worked out rather well. Holy crap! What I just pulled up IMDb and the first thing here it says Big Bang stars Jim Parsons, John Galecki, and Kim or Kaylee Coco Sweeting. Coco. They just signed their new deal. Yep. Yeah, a million an episode. Yep. <laughs> they went from like three hundred fifty thousand or something per episode to a million. They were holding it up. This was the basic. It had to get done this week, or the new season might have been held up. Oh, so wow. that, that's Seinfeld money. Yep. Yeah. But it's the hottest show on television. Oh, it's absolutely. Number one. Absolutely. Well, there was like now. Uh, Starting into the this new month, we're starting to see uh, commercials for new shows coming out. Mm-hmm. And I did see the first commercial for Gotham. Oh, really? Oh, I'm so in. I can't yeah. wait for that. I really can't. Uh, it just looks fantastic. I give me give me my story of a young Commissioner Gordon and a young Bruce Wayne and Gotham deteriorating to the point where you have to have Batman. Yeah. So yeah, I wonder how long if the show, like, will they go in that direction? Like, oh, they have to they naturally, have to but eventually but they can, if they make it the story of young Bruce Wayne and the story of young Jim Gordon, you can have compete like alternating stories about them that keeps going on and on and on can you imagine the story of a young bruce wayne going through boarding school and having to deal with growing up in a boarding school everybody finds out that your parents were murdered and now your training sort of starts what worries me is you know then they they might get a little corny with it if they show him going off to like a boarding school and he just happens to be next to Talia Al Ghul or something. Uh, I just, that's what worries me. I don't want corniness like that. I, I know it, it, there's that that risk that they run by doing that. But I just don't have that feeling. I think this has enough grit just on it. it it'll it'll stay away from the corn and the cheese and mm, corn and cheese. <laughs> I was just thinking that I'm hungry. There is one character that, that can work from the childhood because of what I remember of the graphic novel that I read. I'd be nice to see because we have not seen him in any sort of visual representation. Uh, what's his, I think it was Thomas Elliot. Uh, Hush. Oh, the Hush storyline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he was like another Bruce. His parents he, lived. He, his parents lived, and he went another direction. Like, yeah. yep. That that hush storyline that was something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it, I'm sure they can go and pull. That would be a real fascinating pull. To I would really like Thomas to see Elliot that. into that one. Yeah, so. and that would fit because you know boarding school as a kid, blah blah blah. That's why they first meet. Yep. They're friends, but they're also rivals. Yeah, type thing. So yeah, yeah, I can yep. see that. Hmm. Did you see the uh, the the first picture of Wonder Woman that they put up? Oh no, no, I saw the first picture of Xena. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, that, that was a pretty sweet meme somebody put up. Is you didn't even try, <laughs> <laughs> Lucy? Can we borrow your outfit? Good. Yeah. So, oh, just knocked them off, balls off of that one. It's just like it's a fresh yes. coat of paint. Oh, they didn't even put paint on it. <laughs> it was just. It like, is not Wonder Woman. No. They said the Diana character has to be big and bold, and she's the female Superman. Yep. And you don't see 
Superman dressing in brown Xena costumes. You don't see Superman dressing like Hercules. Nope. You see Superman in the the red cape and the blue suit. Wonder Woman needs to be in the red and blue star-spangled Wonder Woman outfit, not... They're, well, I, they could say, well, we're going back to her, her Grecian roots, and they wouldn't have that. I... Yeah, okay, no, maybe. So, so what? Okay, you're not... You're, you're introducing Wonder Woman. Yeah. Everybody wants Wonder Woman. You're giving everybody Xena. Exactly. Nobody wants Xena. <laughs> if they wanted Xena, she'd still be on TV. Exactly. So... Yeah, I, I'm starting to lose hope. Like, that's going to be, I think, I might end up being a sour note to that flick. Well, now, mind you, because Affleck looks so friggin' huge, he's yeah. got broad shoulders. I don't know if he can carry the whole damn thing, though. Uh, I, I don't know. Is that okay? With, with the look that they gave Gal Gadot for that Wonder Woman. What are they going to do with Jason Momoa as Aquaman? Oh. Isn't that a terrifying thought? I, I think I predicted it. They're going to dye his hair blonde and put him in the orange and green. I bet you because they're going to go, oh, oops, we fucked up with Wonder Woman. Let's go back to the Super Friends. Uh-huh. I think it, quite possibly, yes. I don't think it'll be a bright blonde. I think it'll be a... a a darker shade of blonde, like yeah. a dirty blonde, and the orange and green will not be like neon. It'll be uh, it'll be subdued. I Oranges just, and greens, but I I see them. That's what they need to do. Well, I <laughs> see, they still have enough time. I said they they've got. There's been enough backlash right now. They, this with this is probably a very calculated risk on their part. Releasing that first picture of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, and never just going, "Hey, everybody, look, Wonder Woman." Let's have the accolades. Oh shit, they're bad. <laughs> uh, well, remember what happened with the TV show? Absolutely, they messed with the costume there, put her in full leggings and the whole bit, and people came unglued, and oh, yeah. that show got canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're trying to update and modernize Wonder Woman. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do but that. Remember, look what we're doing. It, we're talking about it. That's what they want. That's, they want I people know, talking I about know it. That's what they want. But I want them to. I can solve that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even my fault. <laughs> Why do I have to be the example all the time? Because because you are cast as the whipping boy. Yep. <laughs> uh, I pulled up a picture Kate Mara posted on Twitter. That's oh. the filming is wrapped for Fantastic Four. They've wrapped. Filming already? Yep. Well, uh, you know, whatever you call it, main primary production or principal photography. Principal photography. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so now they start getting into uh, special effects and editing, and yeah. then so basically, they, they everybody showed up for a day, and they oh no captured it's probably about six months worth of filming. Oh whatever. They didn't. They didn't do six months worth of live yes, action did. act. No. Yes, they did. No, they yes, did. They did. No, they did. Yes, they did. No, yes, they did. It's yes, all CGI. I'll just stand there, put these little dots all over your face, and we'll hit you with all these. No. You will not. No. Tennis ball. It's a fireball. Tennis ball. It's a fireball. <laughs> it's hot. It's hot. It's a tennis ball. It's a fireball. <laughs> He's LARPing over there. Okay. <laughs> all by Wow, I was, too. I wasn't yeah, there. You were <laughs> Uh, let me see. No, I can't be laughing. I was on time, and uh, I'm not. I don't lie. <laughs> You're not mean to children. <laughs> I'm not mean to children. Oh wow, yeah. The filming, the release date is less than a year from now, June 18th, 2015. 
just barely a, yeah. not a year. So yeah, that uh, that has wrapped. And uh, the other one I have here is Paul Feig is to direct Ghostbusters reboot. I know. The film will not be a sequel as it previously been reported, but instead be a total reboot. I'm trying to remember I something that popped up. I didn't read the article. It popped up. I saw it real quick this morning, and it was somebody saying a possible female-led Ghostbusters reboot. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of rumors, but nothing is nailed down yet. Oh. Yeah, even he says they've heard a lot of rumors over the past decade, so we're not holding our breath. Yeah, <laughs> that is very true. If you want to get to that, Jerry Bruckheimer's in talks for Top Gun Two. <laughs> get Iceman in the cockpit. I dare ya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need more butter, more, more butter, and a, like a, a plunger. To <laughs> Let's let him drive the bomber. <laughs> There's a thing I actually. There's a story linked with uh, the Top Gun, the actual Top Gun flight school. Yeah. If anybody anywhere on the base of Top Gun quotes any line <laughs> from that movie, they are summarily fined $50. Really? Yes. Wow. Eject their ass. You're out. But you know, you know, if they're thinking about making that, they've already called the Air Force. Hello, Air Force? Yeah. Okay. What what planes do you have? Okay. Now, which one has the widest seats? <laughs> we need a really big one. Yeah. Do you remember Iceman? Oh, yeah. You, you got any double seaters? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're also planning a Con Air sequel in space. Didn't they do this? Well, lockout yeah. is just a prison break. This this has got to be a prisoner transport in space. Yes. On a space shuttle going from, you know, rock A to rock B. <sighs> okay. I, I, okay. 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 So <laughs> you have, you're, you're, you're shuttling prisoners from Earth up to a space satellite penal colony. Yes. If they get uppity, eject their asses. Exactly. Pop a window. Exactly. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Give me a hundred million dollars. You, you, you chain them all to oh the window God. pane. If they <laughs> yeah. move three inches, the way, the window opens. Yeah. There sure. you, go. you go. It's your own fault. Yeah. You're told not to move. Okay. Wait a second here. Uh, Simon West. Okay. He directed the original. Yeah, okay. Okay. This whole rumor started because they asked him, you know, would you be keen on doing a sequel? His quote, there are always rumors about Con Air 2, he says. I would do it if it was completely turned on its head. Con Air 2 in space, for example. Ah. Oh, so he's throwing out a joke, and now they're trying to Somebody's play running with it. Uh, a studio version where all robots or the convicts are reanimated as super convicts or where the good guys are bad guys <laughs> and the bad guys are good guys. Yeah, okay. So basically, he's saying, hey, your ideas for Con Air 2 ain't ever going to happen. Demolition, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Con means Con Air. Yeah. <laughs> so it says, that's one hell of a brainstorming session right there. For what it's worth, our vote goes to Con Air in space with robot super convicts. <laughs> <laughs> Bender. Yep. The Terminator. Uh, the, or was uh, Yul Brenner from um, oh, Westworld. Westworld. Yes. yes. And you know who the warden is? Danger, Will Robinson. Ah, Danger. That's the warden. No, no, no. You need Tommy Lee Jones from Natural Born Killers. Don't you remember his warden? Mm, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he spun tighter in the top. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Universal's pressing forward with the follow-up to Snow White and the Huntsman. Never saw the first one. I never did see that one. The, 
the following, or sorry, the press release is revealing that the film will be a prequel entitled uh, of course The Huntsman. <laughs> okay, so we don't get Smiley. Uh, Kristen Stewart. Ah, that's her. Uh, but we do get more Hemsworth. Oh, yeah, it says Hemsworth will be joined by Charlize Theron, reprising her role as the evil Ravenna. Hello. Although Kristen Stewart will not be returning oh, as Snow White. Darn. Oh, you don't think it do has you know anything to do get? with, uh, you know. Do you, but do you know what we get? Giant, hot Australian dude in a sweet-ass South, South African broad. That is true. Oh, oh yeah. I'm going to start writing the fanfic <laughs> about that one. Okay, I'll go see it. <laughs> maybe, I can get, maybe I can get some of that funding that Jack was talking about. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got an idea. Here's a million dollars, kid. Go with it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Life after Beth. <laughs> Nah. Bill Murray is going to be voicing Baloo in uh, the new Jungle Book by John Favreau. Really? There's some uh, some heat behind that one, like the uh, the star power. And Bill Murray as Baloo, I am all for that. Oh, yeah. Yes. I want to hear him singing the Bare Necessities. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't think it's going to follow that one. Oh, That's Disney. I, I, I got to bring this up. A, a classic was on TV the other night, and I... I had it on. I had it on for no lie, thirty seconds, and my wife. I might have to get a divorce. <laughs> Caddyshack was on. I haven't watched that in a little while, and, and she she made it? me turn it off. She's not a fan. Oh, I I may I have, have to get a divorce. There is not a court in the world that won't award that. Oh, <laughs> it was. Yeah, did it was you sad. did you look like woman? What is your problem? Uh, yeah, I looked at her like she was insane. Oh. Holy crap! You're right, Idris Elba. As Shere Khan, Christopher Walken as King Louis, <laughs> what? Ben Kingsley as Bagheera, and ScarJo as Ka. Whoa! Oh my really? God! Give me that movie now! I, yes. I just I just want to hear some of Walken. And it's uh, Lupita Nyong'o's in it. Nyong'o. Try that. Nyong'o. Take two. Nyong'o. Yes. How do you do an N and a Y together? Nyong'o. Nyong'o. Yes. Nyong'o. Yes. 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 <laughs> Nyong'o. How do you butcher this poor woman's name? No doubt. Worse than I feel like Travolta. John Travolta, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she's an Oscar winner and no I respect. No, no, no. We know about his hatred for os- all oh, things yeah, Oscar. right, right. Mm. <laughs> anyway, this is Disney, too. <laughs> this one is a Disney release. Yeah. So it might have bare necessities in it. It better. I don't know. I ha- they haven't Look been clear if the they're doing the music bare again. necessities, the simple bare necessities. We're going to get sued. Yes, slow down. Dude. I could, it's all your fault. You started it. You're you getting the bill. You start the ball, ball rolling, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And let's check this last little bit of information here. Uh, Kevin Feig cast doubt on female-led Marvel movie. Feige, I guess it's his name. Feige, yes. I go, yeah, that's right. Oh, no. See, that's bullshit. I want my Black Widow movie. Yeah. Uh, However, according to Kevin Feige... Oh, this I'm sorry. I quite some time. actually follow Hollywood news correctly. <laughs> oh, MSU.com does not mean I you know. Even... No. Okay. It doesn't. I heard an interview with the guy on MSU.com. Right? No. Uh-huh. Actually, it was a podcast. <laughs> Everybody's uh... going. What the hell is MSU? Making shit up. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me see here. <laughs> uh, 
let me see. I very much believe that it's unfair to say people don't want to see movies with female heroes. People don't go to the movies because they want they weren't good movies. That's why they don't go. It certainly can be done. We hope to do it sooner rather than later, but we find ourselves in a very strange position blah, position of managing more franchises than most people have. That is true. That is they have very a lot true. of balls in the air, and that's uh, you may pretty hard juggling. A lot of balls, no ovaries. <laughs> they have, yeah, they have three for 2017, and that's because uh, just the timing worked on what was sort of gearing up. Wow. Sounds like Captain Marvel or Black Widow movie is still some way off, unless Feige is playing a new major bluff and actually earmarked one of these dates for a project. Captain Marvel? Yeah. Yeah. That's DC. No. No, it is not. That's the picture of Captain Marvel right there. That's Miss Marvel. Uh-huh. Not Captain Marvel. Her first original name was Captain Marvel. I thought Captain Marvel was Shazam. Captain Marvel was actually the only superhero in Marvel history to actually die and stay dead until apparently just recently. Yeah. He I, died of cancer in a graphic novel by Jim Starlin. So Shazam is just called Shazam? I thought he was called Captain Marvel. Oh, they call him Captain Marvel. Wow, that's confusing. Oh. I always know her as Miss Marvel. Yes. And she got her powers from the original Captain Marvel. So her name started as Captain Marvel. Then she changed it to Ms. Marvel. Probably because... And Thunderbird. Yeah, and War something. War, Warbird. Yeah, Warbird. Yeah. War- oh, and Binary. Binary? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she was Binary for a while. Wow, how many personalities does she have? Uh, oh, no, same personality, Rogue, just different names. Rogue, Rogue took some of that personality. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. But it wasn't until that. Rogue died and went through the portal in Australia yep. that Ms. Marvel Siege was released. Perilous? Yep. Dave's going to be all over this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hear you, Dave. I'm an ex-junkie, too. <laughs> I thought no, no. I was, but that's a little not, before my time, I think. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not an ex-junkie. I am an X-Men junkie. <laughs> I need to rephrase that. <laughs> an ex-junkie, so you're back on the junk. Yes, I'm an ex-ex-junkie. Yes. <laughs> Rehabs for quitters. <laughs> so, yes, uh, Ms. Marvel may or may not be coming to the big screen. Like, I was... Kind of got me worried about saying, "Oh well, nobody wants to see a female lead." Explain Lucy mm-hmm. to me, yep. and like that—that that kind of thing. It worked, like the Black Laura Widow. Croft, like yep. the Tomb Raider stuff that worked. Yep, um, like Buffy TV series. Uh, yeah, we're digging now. Wow, well, <laughs> it started as a movie. Yep, Hunger Games. Hung- yeah, Hunger Games. She may not be a superhero, but it's the female It's a strong lead. female That is true, lead. too. Have you seen the uh, preview for uh, Mockingjay Part 1? No. I put that trailer up on the Facebook Did page. you? Yes. Just because okay. I haven't, still have not watched Catching Fire, so I don't want to... Well... Even though I've read the books, and the, I did enjoy them, surprisingly. The trailer, it just it basically has a bunch of kids sitting around and, oh, who's going to lead us, blah, 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 and someone's walking up, you see her back, you know, and then, uh, oh, God, will it you be? lead us? So, yeah, there you go for strong female lead. Yep, 115. 115? Yeah. Alrighty. I, I think we're out of news anyway. And, you know, Jack's gone, so. There's no sense of carrying on. No. <laughs> Easy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they want to turn Do this you need into a hug? An invent- <laughs> no, I'm okay. <laughs> Intervention podcast. <laughs> Give me a minute. Uh, <sighs> Nothing? Jamie Foxx is starring a Mike Tyson biopic. They're doing another uh, one of those? He's too tall. And get on up. You know that one coming up for James Brown? Yep. Do you know who one of the producers is? Who? Mick Jagger. 
Yes, I, I can believe do that. remember hearing that. Yes. Um, when, oh, yeah. I got to check out MSU.com, too. Because Aykroyd <laughs> was involved in you that You get movie. a lot of information yep. from there. And Dan Aykroyd was, uh, was a part of that movie, and he was on uh, Fallon to promote it. And he mentioned that Mick Jagger... I'm helped. sorry, he was on whose Fallon? Fallon. Fallon. Fallon's Tonight Fallon's? show with Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Why would it be on Fallon's Fallon's? He wasn't. <laughs> but they did a funny bit with Aykroyd, and, and Fallon's just looking at him, he's like... He's like, what? And he's like, I know you're holding out on me. So Ackroyd goes and drops a few small crystal skulls on the for his vodka. Oh, okay. his crystals. He had some yeah. little ones, like they're like the shock they, ones. They, they, yeah, they they fit in your palm of your hand, kind of thing. Those are tasty. I've got one of those at home. I've got about a bunch of them. About half. I got about half left in there. I'm, I'm a slow drinker. Half. I'm a slow drinker. It's a shot. <laughs> no, I'm talking the big, a big full oh, size. Oh, I thought skull. you were talking about the shot. <laughs> no, full, I got I, half a shot left. I no, like the, to pace myself. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no, the full size. The full size skull. No, no, no. That's the medium size skull. Okay. The right. big skull. Don't like oh, to be all yeah. disoriented when I'm reading my MSU. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jason's going to be so happy. Lisa Kudrow and Mira Sorvino are in talks for Romy and Michelle, too. Yay! Yes. Ooh. The world can Ooh. go on spinning. I'm trying to remember if I even saw the first one. Oh. Bullshit. You Wait got a the poster. Oh, there's a trailer? No, no. Damn it. It says they want the film, but Disney won't let them. Oh. Oh. You got to go to the article just. I do not have to do anything but stay white and die. Okay. (laughs) Fans of weird, wonderful, and downright brilliant bromance movies should start getting excited. (laughs) No, don't walk past that. What the hell did you just say? (laughs) I said all I have to do is stay white and die. (laughs) The only two things in life I have to do. Uh, Tell him, Steve did. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it's true, man. <laughs> Everything else is optional. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my God. So you don't want to hear about Romeo and Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently neither did Disney. Uh, no. Yep. Oh, it's that's not- a twofer. He killed us both. <laughs> <laughs> it's not coming out that's anyway. No. Go back to the bottom of that list, please. Bottom that of the list. Where, no, up a little That's bit. the bottom, Go dude. up a bit. You know you know damn well the one I want you to play nope, on. Nope, don't have a clue. <laughs> you want the Kill Bill, don't you? Yes. Yeah, there you go. Quentin Tarantino teases cinema release for Kill Bill, The Whole Bloody Affair. Oh, oh yes. I want... I That better happen, and it better happen here. I kind of hope it doesn't, because I loved the first part, but the second part was slow. Oh. So I couldn't I, sit through a theater. I, I love the whole thing. I just thing. want the fight with the Crazy 88 in color. I don't. I like... The black and white. It adds something to, to it. There, okay, there there is something. Well, careful there. Yep, trash in the place. Yeah, uh, there is something for the the artistic, atmospheric look of the black and white fight. But <laughs> I've seen it a dozen times. Mm-hmm. I want to see what it looks like for what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, I. But I just. I love those movies. I, that movie. It's one movie to me, and I want that whole bloody affair. But I really. Find intriguing though is he like he said recently um it was again with kevin he's talking with quentin quentin says i need to do another samurai movie now i need to do do another chop sake flick because now i know how to do it right yeah. so if kill bill wasn't doing it right 
What is? <laughs> yeah, because that, that first one was awesome. Yeah. Well, okay, you look at Django Unchained. If he didn't know how to do a Western for Django Unchained, what's you know, the Hateful Eight going to look like? Yes. So, <laughs> like, if, if he's trying out a movie and then the next one that he does is an improvement on it? Yeah. Holy crap. No kidding. Yep. Like, I'm there. When his first movie in the genre is Django Unchained. Every other person on the planet would think, mic drop, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's a Western. (laughs) Uh, But then he goes, I can do better. Hateful Eight. Everyone's going, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm curious to see. Yeah. Our last little bit of news, Nickelodeon orders School of Rock series for 2015. They've ordered 13 episodes. I'm surprised it's taken them this long, to be honest. Is uh, I'm, I'm curious what brought on this sudden. Ooh, School of Rock. We need that. Yeah, well, you know, so, somebody somewhere must have watched, saw it on Netflix or something. Hey, yep, this is a cool little property. Nickelodeon's been slowly trying to creep into the Disney field with getting the music kids because you know all every Disney kid that pops up now releases an album a year later. Wow. So I yeah. think it's Nickelodeon's really big push to try and get into that then they field. shave their head, stick out their tongue, and go psycho. Well, yeah, but she's making millions while well, she does it. true, too. <laughs> Can't argue with that fact. Getting weird drunk men singing their songs. <laughs> breaking, up, breaking up marriages. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. I know where you're going. I'm just not acknowledging it. Uh, no, I wasn't going anywhere. That was just a fact. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, let's get the plugs in. Uh, GWN Wrestling, September, yes. October, November. Uh, Hamilton, Simcoe, Hamilton. Nice. Uh, I could put up the links on the Facebook page. When's the Hamilton one? Uh, the first one is the 20. 20- Eighth in Hamilton at the Ukrainian Cultural Center. Then August, October, oh September, September, September. You have none in August. No. Oh, good. That gives them time to build the bridge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then need that. Yeah. And then um, October fifth in Simcoe, and then that's almost back to back. Pretty much. Wow. I was just when I went through and I looked at the schedule. Oh, damn. That's a week away, a week apart. And, and one of those the, is in a cage, isn't it? The, the one in Simcoe is in a yeah. cage, yep. It's that I, I, when I got the scheduled confirmation, the promoter goes, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> and then um, November, end of November, it's like 20, the end of November, we're back in Hamilton at the Ukrainian Cultural Center again. Excellent. And somebody's going to get their ass beaten, all Absolutely. three of them. Well, what about you? None? Well, okay. Well, um, next. Okay. <laughs> well, you thought I'd let you speak? <laughs> well, we're waiting. Oh, you're going to let me talk. Oh, no. Time's up now. Yep. Jesus. Yep. Yeah, for another week of the movie, man. filming. <laughs> <laughs> Finally have the Facebook page and, and, and group for the, the cast and crew on, uh, for the movie Madhouse, the Hollywood birth of a podcast. That is August. August 24th is our next shooting date. Sunday, August 24th, 11 to 3, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. That's got such bad news written all over <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. But a it lot is of empty crystal skulls the night before. <laughs> uh, it's oh. I meant to do that. 
Hercules. Rob angry. <laughs> this well, do you know uh, what this means? He gets a better chair next show. This is bullshit. Yeah, he's going to have the crack. I broke it. Well, what do you I think happened? The, I thought the screw came undone. No, he snapped it. <laughs> uh, Rob angry. <laughs> Jason, keep talking. <laughs> Talking about a movie that you're starring in. <laughs> starring? Oh. I thought I was starring. You son of a bitch. There's three stars of the flick. What? What? Who's Technically four because that chicken, I'm telling you, he's yeah. got a following. Oh, that's just taking a hard. We're going to follow that chicken. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> he walks off, follow this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> chicken. I've got, I've got an idea I'm toying with. I just don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm going to run it by you guys later. Now, okay. Um, see. He's got a trilogy in mind for this I'm still short. talking in this Now way. he's got another idea for this damn chick. Look at you go. <laughs> I just took it off. <laughs> the, the arm of the chair. Go ahead. Go ahead and lean to your left now, Rob. Right. <laughs> no, actually, that doesn't work because he leans to the left, hits that, comes whipping around. Oh, maybe. Lean to you. Then I get two microphones. <laughs> And Jason gets none. I'm in one of those traps where you fall and hurt yourself. What do they, they call it? The Rube Goldberg experiment or something? It's an old... I remember comic strips of it. Like and Tom and Jerry mousetrap thing where, you know, this falls into this, falls into that. MSU.com. Yes. That's where you'll find all the information it's Jason I remember gets. from my childhood. And that's what I picture there. You lean to the left and you get whacked with the microphone and blah, 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 blah. Anyways, oh Sunday, August 24th at the I Jazz Bar at the corner of 3rd and King Street in Chatham, filming of the bar scene, which is the biggest and quite possibly most pivotal scene of the flick. It says a lot and, right there. And we need extras. We need bar folk. Yes. Bar People uh, to hold cue cards for Mike. That too. <laughs> <laughs> What's that say? <laughs> oh, that's a lot of words. Yeah, so Welcome to Tahi Jazba. <laughs> the hell am I reading? What's Tahi? <laughs> oh, ta. Sorry. <laughs> So details are there is a link off of the uh, off of our page that leads to the movie page and the event is is posted there with details about because uh, I've had a few people already ask about what how to dress and what would that be our Facebook page? the Facebook page at the movie <gasps> madhouse facebook dot com slash the movie madhouse yep yeah yeah that one yeah and if uh, Brent does show up in his Deadpool costume I'm walking <laughs> I've talked to him about that there's another idea now oh, it's doing God. that doesn't have copy right written all no, over it. No, no, no. No, don't worry. Hey, I, I, that's one thing I love. Let's piss off Disney. That'd be a good idea. Disney and Di- Marvel. Yeah. yeah. Disney doesn't own Deadpool. Not the film rights. Oh, who owns uh, Deadpool? Fox. Okay, Fox <laughs> and Disney and Marvel. You know what? I'm going to look it up. It's Fox because it's the next character. Speaking of which, speaking of which, they started to unleak that Deadpool Oh, is it back out, back out freely? Yeah, again? they're talking about it now. Look at that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? MSU.com is a site, but it's for mass storage units. Oh, <laughs> I wish we could have got that one. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Jay's information page. <laughs> uh, oh, do that. CA. CA. Oh. We are Canadian after all. Yes. Yay. We have rocks and trees and trees and rocks and Easy. water. Get us sued by the arrogant worms. Um, oh, that, that episode didn't. Vancouver Island University Student Union. And okay. how does that go from that MSU? Has nothing. Yeah. Oh, what the So hell? it's out there. It's available. Go, Daddy. Go, Daddy. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, for another week, the movie Meadows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I uh, you know CK Cosplay Extravaganza May 9th, Expo, May 9th 2015. Yep. Yeah. If you are a budding filmmaker, like our friend Jack, who I hear wants to get into it, maybe <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, send in a submission because we're going to have a film little tournament contest type thing there. Festival? Festival. Festival. That's the word I was looking for. I was wondering where you are going with that. Uh, actually, <laughs> I need to talk to Jack. Why? Jack, old buddy, old pal, what you doing May 9th? This in New Jersey. It's hours away. It's what? Seven, eight hours? Eight, hour, eight 10, hour drive. 12? I'll let him stay no, in my house. Eight hours. I Googled it. <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did. It, well, okay. I Googled okay. from here to Red Bank. Oh, well, we need msu.ca. Find it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's Jay making shit up. <laughs> I Googled it. I'm going to Red Bank possibly next year, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. All right. We'll have a couple of quiet episodes. Yeah. I want to be gone like oh, maybe a week. Damn it. Not once I'm done with the car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Your brakes are fine. <laughs> I, don't touch them till you hit, ooh, I don't know, New Jersey. <laughs> <sighs> Okie dokie. All right. On that note. On that note? Yeah. Uh, when I was talking to Jason, or Jason, oh, see, I can't, uh, when I was talking to Jack, uh, we are going to set up another, uh, bring him on to the show. Set up another bring him on? Yep. Another bring him on. Another bring him another on. Another date for him to come on to the show? Exactly. If you want to use technical terms, fine, but that's Ooh, what we're going to do. Technical terms, proper grammar? <laughs> like I said, technical terms. Okay. All right, just making sure. We have good show. <laughs> Rob Dunn. <laughs> Rob Dunn. All right. So for another week of the Movie Madhouse, this has been Mike. Jason. And Rob. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye-bye. See ya. <laughs> oh, man!